So I have to say, I've never read the book or seen any version of the movie where I thought if only Dr. Frankenstein was just the scientist version of Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) And that's why you didn't write the not-hit film Victor Frankenstein. I just couldn't get over how aggressive... It was like mad genius can only be done one way. Yeah, a way that's like on a lot of cocaine. And really, like, abrupt with no people skills. No people skills. No time to explain anything. No. this He was a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. I suppose they think that's the only way you would create, try and, you know, reanimate dead bodies. But, I mean, I've read the book. Also, if you're incredibly moody. No. No, no, no. Today's audiences want a manic pixie dream scientist. Not someone that has a lot of deep feelings and cries to himself. Chase to the Arctic? No, absolutely (laughs) not. Well, then this movie nailed it. I'm surprised it didn't do better. Are you surprised? It's alive. Do you realize how significant this is? Oh, I have an inkling. I'm Detective Inspector Turpin. I'm here to investigate missing body parts. Not sure what you mean, sir. Are you not afraid to challenge the natural order? Mr. Frankenstein. No. And it's Frankenstein. (laughs) Be careful, Mr. Frankenstein. You toy with wrathful forces. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking about Victor Frankenstein. And I am so sorry if any of you listening watched this movie because of this podcast. Condolences. (laughs) It's possibly the worst one we've ever watched i've seen a lot of dumb frankensteins but this takes the cake this was just it was kind of like if somebody had had the story like roughly described to them but also by someone (laughs) who'd only seen the original movie yeah and seen the subheader for the book yeah so starring daniel radcliffe as igor james mcavoy as frankenstein andrew scott jessica finlay brown and I was honestly kind of surprised that Daniel Radcliffe was Igor. I don't think I... I must have known that when the movie first came out. But I think they thought that one of them was the monster and one of them was the doctor. Yeah, I might have thought that too. I don't know that they did a great job of advertising this because... What are you going to... I mean, the, the movie was... It, it was somehow at the same time incredibly frustrating and incredibly boring. Yeah, well, I think I also thought, yeah, Igor was feeling a lot of emotions that were very boring. Feelings and Frankenstein was doing things that were very frustrating. So between the two of them, (laughs) I know. um, I think uh, also the scriptwriter was doing a lot of things that were extremely frustrating. Yeah, Max Landis wrote this, who also wrote another acclaimed not hit Bright. Yes. That was on Netflix. Bright, I think, was better than this, although it, it did better. suffer from some of the same problems, but it was head and shoulders yeah. above this. Absolutely it was. And to be fair, most things are head and shoulders above this. Yeah. <laughs> but even with the opening voiceover, I still thought that Daniel Radcliffe was the monster. <laughs> and maybe it's that I hadn't thought about it at all until the opening voiceover, and then I was like, oh, he's the monster, and they're just changing... The way the monster was created. Could a monster have such glorious hair extensions? (laughs) The hair was tragic. And they were actually extensions. So, we do open with a Daniel Radcliffe voiceover. You know this story. The crack of lightning. A mad genius. An unholy creation. The world, of course, remembers the monster, not the man. But sometimes, when you look closely, there's more to a tale. Sometimes the monster is the man. And uh, congrats, that's the book. You just described the book. The Man is the Monster. Great twist. I know. It's, yeah. It's it's the book as told by a character who was never in the original book. Yes, exactly. So, 
Love it. Also, it's it's the let's ask deep questions and hope that people will think that oh that's actually goodness. what this movie's asking because it's not. Absolutely did. Um, and guess what? They never ever looked in the mirror any of the stuff that was brought up in the book. Yeah. They whatever. We'll talk about it. Also, I just want to say that that's basically the opening song from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Right? Who's the monster and who's the man? <laughs> That was it. It was just in in my brain the whole time. Maybe that was the song that inspired him throughout. He just played it hundreds of times while he was writing this. Well, he did have a hunchback delivering the line, so. He sure did. Speaking of hunchbacks, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is a hunchback. I don't know if it was the lighting or what, but I only ever saw him crouching around. I never actually saw the hunch. I didn't either, but also because I didn't realize he was Igor for a really long time, I just thought he was just generally deformed. Because again, when he starts talking about like monsters and men, I thought he was the monster. Yeah, right. So I wasn't expecting to look for a hunchback. I was just <laughs> like, oh, he's some weird guy who can't stand up straight and all this. Yeah. Yeah, I I never really saw it. So anyway, he's always been at the circus for as long as he can remember. He's a clown, and he's treated horribly. Because really, he's a circus freak. Right. I don't know he's why they had clown. him be a clown. He's he, a circus freak. That's my thing. Like, the hunchback wouldn't have been a clown also. They wouldn't have painted his face. They didn't need to. And he's just the person that the other clowns beat up, apparently. <laughs> yes. That's all it was. It wasn't great. Also, just so you know, this movie's trying to let us know circuses are the worst. Yes. Hot take. <laughs> so he's in love with the trapeze artist Lorelai. This is where we get the first of the rarely used effect of seeing sketched and labeled bones and organs drawn over bodies. Yeah, man, they dropped that quickly. They dropped it quickly, used it for uncertain reasons, except for one shot at the end, and that was really dumb. So, <laughs> good job. They really, they wanted so much to be Guy Ritchie's yeah, Sherlock Holmes. They really did. He's also become the doctor for the circus? He says this. No, no, no. He says he's become the doctor for the circus, and he's, like, reading medical textbooks. No one treats him like he's the doctor for the circus. Okay, but also everyone in this circus makes terrible decisions. I don't think that proves that he's not. Well, no, because they're like, you think you're so smart, and they're, like, I, beating him up. And then, like, the circus owner... I know, Saying but, the same thing. but based on the way they deal with the trapeze artists later, I mean, they're just, they don't make good financial decisions. Well, they definitely don't do that. But I just think if he was officially the circus doctor. Oh, yeah. No, I think he just learned stuff and he was like, I can help. And then he was doing medical stuff. But we also never saw him doing any medical stuff until the trapeze artist falls, don't we? We yeah, see him but, looking in medical books, which I don't even know how he got. That's my question. Guess what? Textbooks now, very expensive. Back then, way harder to get. Yeah. People weren't just leaving medical textbooks lying around. Also, he's some kind of genius oh about them. I mean, he knows every single thing. He is, and he goes beyond just what you could learn in a textbook. Exactly. He's making his own judgment calls on, yeah, but what if we try and treat it like this? Yeah, right? With it's absolutely no training. And that's never explained. And it's never even used to its fullest, really. Especially because he's also in the opening voiceover talking about how, like, I never thought about the fact that I didn't have a name. I just didn't. And I'm like, if oh, you're yeah, this smart, if you're right. some sort of, like, genius... Who's also not like a autistic kind of like, I, I can learn everything in this book, but I can't interact with people in a social way. You would have already had these thoughts. I know. And he's like, it's hard to know, understand cruelty when you've never known kindness. And I was like, um, okay, that doesn't you've make any sense. You've seen people treat other people kindly, right? That's the thing. You do know they're not punching the trapeze artist <laughs> in the face for crowds to laugh at. Yeah. Yeah, so he is... Whatever. He's insanely smart and got a hold of some extremely precise medical books. He's also getting badgered about it by the circus people, which is weird because they should want a doctor around. Or they just wouldn't want to be treated by him no matter how much he knew. It would be one of the two things. Yeah, maybe so. And we immediately see why they should want a doctor around because Lorelai's trapeze breaks in the next show and she falls. She breaks her collarbone, which makes her unable to breathe. And Victor Frankenstein is here at this show. 
And he comes up and he's like, well, I can't do anything. I don't have any tools to reset the bone. Sorry. He diagnoses it, but he's not really that concerned. Oh, I know. He's like, well, I can't do anything. And Radcliffe is like, no, we'll do this. And she's he, the love of my life. Even yeah. though I don't think she's ever talked to me. Right. So he MacGyvers the way to set the bone there. I didn't understand how, why he needed the stopwatch. I or, didn't understand that either. But Frankenstein thought it was brilliant. So yeah. It didn't exactly. matter. And it so, works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She gets taken to the hospital. But Victor wants Radcliffe to come work with him. And the circus guys don't like that one bit. And as Victor leaves, Radcliffe asks his name. And he just turns around. And there's, like, text on the screen, <laughs> Victor Frankenstein. But then he never says anything. <laughs> no, he turns and leaves. And I'm like, wait, so he still doesn't know your name. Is that correct? I hope you saw the text pop up. Yeah, hopefully. So later, the circus leader makes sure this guy will absolutely leave him by burning all his books and papers in front of him, hitting him, telling him, I own you, and then locking him in an animal car. Yeah. Like, that's not how you keep people from leaving. I mean, is he allowed to own him? I don't know enough about this time period and the way, like, no. indentured servitude worked for things like circus people. I if there was something where you could be like, you owe me however much money, so you have to work for me because I've fed you for however long, you know? So I don't know. But the problem is no one ever brings that up. Yeah, no. No I one don't. ever brings up, well, technically this person's kidnapping him. You could get him arrested. Like, it's, yeah, this movie doesn't care about that. <laughs> or he is technically considered your master, so you your debt would have to be paid off. And I don't, it was just real vague, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think I know why. <laughs> laziness. The circus master also tells him that Lorelai will probably die because hospitals are so dirty, and then he laughs about it because I guess he doesn't care that he's losing his trapeze girl. Yeah. Uh, this guy is very bad at business. Pretty immediately, Victor comes back to break Daniel Radcliffe out, and they run away from the circus master. Victor is some sort of action hero, Yep, apparently, and so this is the first sign that this movie is completely unhinged. <laughs> they successfully escape through the sewers, and Victor takes him home and tells him, you're not actually a hunchback, you just have an abscess. He doesn't tell him that. He first attacks him. Yeah, I know. He's like, the now for part two, and like runs at him with a giant syringe. <laughs> It was one of those things where I was like, I get you're trying to make him, like, aggressively quirky, but he could have just, it would have taken him two seconds to say, this is the problem, I can immediately take care of it for you. I know, he asked for more consent before he broke him out of that animal cage than he did with any of the medical treatment at his place. And it's not like he would have said no, right? Yeah, so he just, like, runs at him and does this forcefully. It's really a gross scene. It's it so is. gross. Yeah. It's purposely... Let's not dwell on it anymore. No. Yeah. Anyway, Victor <laughs> then adjusts his back, also running at him, not telling him what he's doing. Yeah. Really just putting him on a, in a back brace. Yeah. Puts him in a back brace, and it's pretty much an overnight transformation into great posture. He I mean, he up. still wears the back brace. We see yeah. that he's wearing the back brace every day, but, like, yeah, he has no trouble walking around. <laughs> no. I mean, you see... Yeah, that night, and then the next morning when he's in his place. But as soon as he puts his clothes on and walks outside, totally normal. Yeah. So it's become apparent through the preceding five minutes that Victor is a crazy person. <laughs> yes. He gives Radcliffe the name Igor because that's his roommate's name, but his roommate's never home, so Radcliffe is supposed to pretend to be him. Also, Victor has school in the morning. He's 30 years old <laughs> at least. James McAvoy is too old to be someone who's at school. Yeah, I don't care what year it is. He is too old to be in doctor school. <laughs> Igor showers. And I think we're supposed to feel more for him than I can muster up. There's a lot of moving music in this movie that does nothing for me. Yeah, I think my whole problem with this movie, I had a really hard time caring about anything that happened. Because for most of it, I didn't know who to root for. I knew No that, one. Well, I knew that I was supposed to feel the most for Igor. Yes. But I didn't. Right. And then... Of the other characters, I felt like there was probably someone else I should be rooting for, but I didn't feel like it was very clear. 
No, everyone else is terrible, and Igor's too boring to feel anything for him. He has a lot of feelings, and he just feels them all over the place, I know. and I didn't care. But plot-wise, he just kind of floats around and doesn't really make any choices ever. Well, he makes some bad choices. Well, he, do- well. he does make some consistent bad choices. That's so, true. Um, So, Inspector Turpin is at the circus investigating. He is played by Andrew Scott, who actually played Moriarty in the Benedict Cumberbatch television show. See, I felt kind of like I should be rooting for this guy, but I didn't feel like the movie wanted me to. The movie definitely didn't want you to, except he was right. So here's why this movie doesn't work. Part of why it doesn't work. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Um, Because they took... Frankenstein put all of his doubts and uh, conscience into Igor and then took the moral of the book and put it into the villain. Yes. So how does that work? Yeah. It doesn't. So the circus has spun a story about money being stolen and then a man got killed when they were escaping. So they're saying, well, he killed that man and kidnapping and all this stuff. And to the circus people, Turpin is like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they walk away, and he tells his assistant, this is what I think happened. And he's also a genius. He's like, I think he got locked up and blah, blah. It was everything that really happened. I could I could see that just kind of being common sense, you know. Well, I don't understand the, I just assume that some guy broke him out for no reason. But That's the whole, like, he was just locked up, probably. And Right, yeah, and that makes sense. And, of course, he's been mistreated, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But the fact that he's been mistreated makes it more likely that he would have killed someone on his way out. Yeah, exactly. While he's escaping. But then Turpin finds a bag on the ground that Frankenstein dropped because this is a video game. (laughs) The contents make the inspector ask his assistant to put up signs for Igor wanted for murder. He suspects this is only the beginning. Yes. So back at uh, Victor's, Igor finds a map the next morning, and is so thrilled to be out and about in the city. Oh, seriously majestic music going on. Again, Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's yep. fine, don't worry about it, but <laughs> he finds- there was a song about this, too. <laughs> so... <laughs> he finds the hospital where Lorelai is, and the doctors won't talk to him, but he pays the nurse to give Lorelai the care that she needs and says he'll be back. I mean, he's like, oh, she needs this and this and this and this. And then just hands her money. And And he's insanely confident. I know. Over in Inspecting Town, Inspector Turpin has some wildly modern boards up for solving his crime. They're like, they're see-through, they're glass, (laughs) he's writing on these see-through boards. I don't know what he's writing with. Well, glass was really cheap back then, so they used it for a lot of things. Okay, but what's he writing on it with? Um, was he just writing permanent stuff on here? Yeah. Because, again, glass was super cheap. They just used it like paper. Especially huge panes of it. Like paper. Yeah, exactly. So he's telling his assistant that a man has been trying to buy animal parts from the zoos and then stealing the animal parts when he's turned away. Why wouldn't you just sell him the animal parts? What, are you going to use them again? Yeah. It's from dead animals. I know. It's a good question. I refuse to believe the zoo wouldn't be like, yeah, take them. I, I know, especially back then. The bag from the circus that he found has a lion's paw in it. What are you going to do with just the paw, Victor? I don't know. Sew it onto a fish. <laughs> See what happens. You this doesn't make sense with his experiments to just have a lion's paw in his... In his bag. He should at least want the cavity, like the main cavity of the body. Rose, you just don't get (laughs) science. Clearly I don't. Turpin thinks that the other man described by the circus people fits the same description as this guy. And then they show us why we should hate Inspector Turpin because he's clutching a cross on a chain (laughs) in his shaking fist. And he says this reeks of an evil, sinful mischief. Except he's right. Yeah. Here's the thing. I get that religious stuff is not, and he's a weirdo for sure. (laughs) 
Um, and religious stuff like this is not sympathetic to modern audiences. He's supposed to be made out to be a zealot, but he's right. He's right about literally everything he says. I know. Victor Frankenstein is a staunch atheist and does atrocious, horrifying things. Mm-hmm. And Against yet I feel man. like... <laughs> Against nature. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, the religious person's supposed to be the nutbag in this situation. I know. He's supposed to be the real villain. Yeah. It was weird. It was... I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't... In your in your story, you can't yeah. have the religious nutbag be a villain and the staunch atheist also be a crazy villain, too. Yeah. It's weird. Like, a villain in a different way. It's yeah. insane. So, Victor gets home and Igor is terrified because he has seen the wanted posters. And he is like, oh no, the cops think I'm a murderer. And Victor's like, yeah, no one's going to recognize you because you're not a hunchback anymore. Calm down. Over dinner, Victor says that he was at the circus scoping out animal parts. <laughs> like a normal person. It's really that you should about it. trust. Yeah. yeah. Victor is in medical school, and it's too easy, and everyone is boring and dumb. (laughs) He rescued Igor because Igor is so smart and good at medicine. And Victor reveals that he is working on reversing death. Just a little project. He shows Igor two eyes that he can shock in, like, in this liquid, that he can shock into moving and blinking. And Igor says, oh, yeah, that's impressive, but you did the cutting all wrong, and you messed the nerves up, which is why they're not moving like this, which is such nonsense. I couldn't get over this scene. I understand they're trying to paint him to be this genius, but this is an experiment that literally no one's ever done before. You I know. just glanced at it. You haven't even looked at behind the eyes, surely, where the optical nerves are. You already know everything that's wrong. How? I know. How can you possibly know? It's you like he even... did this experiment last semester, so he knows you connected the optical nerve wrong. That's... Yeah. Ugh, I didn't like this. No, me either. This was all really, like... This, honestly, a lot of this came off as some real Mary Sue stuff. Everyone's a genius and amazing at what they do. It's, oh, it's so dumb. So Victor is like, great, this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, You're great at this. I'm going to bring you pieces of things to work on and then use them in my own secret projects. And it's (laughs) none of your business what they are. Just shut up and do the work. And Igor says yes, because he rarely says no to anything in this movie. Well, because, so later on, they're like, oh, well, it's because we're friends. And he's my only friend and he saved my life and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, "Mm, not friends. You can tell he's a friend because every time he doesn't want to do something that Victor wants him to do, Victor's like, I saved you. Do you even remember that? Yeah. (laughs) You're not friends. Victor constantly refers to you as his greatest creation. I know. And just because somebody saved your life doesn't mean you're morally obligated to do everything they tell you. I know, right? What country are you from? Anyway, we get a lot of scenes of gross organs that they work on. Lorelai gets released from the hospital, and the hospital arranged a benefactor for her? Okay, that's a normal hospital service. (laughs) Well, you can't be an aerial artist anymore, so would you like to be a courtesan? Right? Work in this guy's cabaret? So she works in a cabaret, which doesn't explain her clothing and access to balls. Sure does. But that is explained by the fact that she's also this man's public mistress. (laughs) Yeah. She's his beard. But don't worry, he prefers the company of men, so she's not actually having to sully herself with prostitution. Yeah. So she's still an acceptable love interest. Yeah, we solved all the problems of her needing to have a living. Yeah, and him not having to come in contact with the circus again. Yeah. I couldn't believe they followed through with this romance plot. I It's insane. I thought for sure we would forget about her. I know. Me too. Or that it would be resolved in a much different, much more realistic way. But it wasn't. <laughs> I know. Which was basically just her seeing him and running away and being like, oh, gross, I remember you. Yeah, I thought for sure she'd be like, oh, wait, I heard you murdered someone and you're gross also. Or just be like, oh, yeah, you know, you were the gross hunchback. I don't care that you can stand up straight now. Yeah. You were the punching bag of the entire circus of which I was a part. And... Nothing he said made her seem especially nice to him. No, you see that she'll, like, smile at him, and she's not mean to him, but that doesn't mean that they like you. So, Victor and Igor are going to this big ball party thing. 
Victor's father is a member of the Royal College of Physicians, and he's a pioneer in cardiophysiology or something like that. Cut to the party, and Victor is a lunatic. There is no way he's been masquerading as a non-freak in upper crust society for all these years. He is literally screaming at these two women about how you can make babies in test tubes and then just shove just them up saying, places and later. And saying the word sperm really loudly. Yeah, she yells it twice in a row. It's They're so uncomfortable. And I was like, it doesn't matter who your father is. You can't talk about stuff like that in this era. And again... Not cute, not absent-minded professor, like, oh, he's just not good at talking to people stuff. It just makes you hate him. It's also the thing of, like, let's take modern science and put it back then as though this was something that people would have, like, thought was a reasonable thing that was possible. Because It would have been science fiction. I know. It would have been, even if you had the idea... I mean, there's no feasible way they could have done it back then. No, exactly. Well, certainly not without winding up killing a lot of people. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's an idea, sure, but, like, it, that's science fiction. Yeah. It's an idea that they know that maybe could happen, but they can't do it. But this is the way we get to see Victor's a genius, because we live in the future, and he's thinking future thoughts. Right, exactly. Anyway, Igor sees Lorelai at the party and just straight up introduces himself as the prior hunchback. And she's just jazzed to see him. Well, no, I, this was even more baffling. He, she comes up to the balcony because she's like, oh, I thought you looked familiar, but I guess not. And she, he's like, well, I might. And she's like, oh, really? What's your name? And he's like, I didn't used to have a name. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's my friend the hunchback. I'm like, how right? did you recognize him? Because for one thing, his hair not. is brushed. He's not wearing clown makeup. He's standing up straight and he's in a place you wouldn't expect to see him. Yeah, I The fact that he, he didn't recognize. used to have a name. Did you, was this a famous thing that everyone was like, oh, the nameless hunchback. Oh, he doesn't have a name. Because <laughs> otherwise it's probably not something you thought about a lot. I know. I know. This was just so bad, but she's their, beside herself to see him. She is yeah. so happy. Yeah, the beginning of their extremely realistic <laughs> love story. So oh she ends gosh. up talking to Victor and Igor, and they are trying to sell her on a world with no death. And I cannot emphasize enough <laughs> how much cocaine Victor is on. There were so many scenes in this movie where he's just so on, like, so clearly on uppers. Yes. And he's completely insane and hasn't thought through what destroying death will mean at all. Nope. Anyway, at home, Victor shows Igor the monstrous part chimpanzee they have made. And Igor is surprisingly horrified. And I wonder what he thought was happening this whole time. <laughs> Dude, did you not realize that you went through the or every single organ needed for a, a body? <laughs> I don't care what you've done to this body. There's no way it doesn't reek to high heaven. Oh, absolutely not. Because it's old. It's not like a freshly dug up chimpanzee. No, they've been working on it for weeks. <laughs> yeah. And this is, and they haven't even like been keeping it in ice in the basement. There's yeah. been no effort. Even the, the movie doesn't even make an effort to try and explain how this body hasn't decomposed past the point of even being able to function. Nope. Victor throws the switch, and it's alive. You can see it breathing. And Igor is... He immediately goes from horrified to thrilled, because it worked. Yeah. But then Victor says, the charge lasts barely an hour? What does that even mean? Well, it means it works like a battery. A dead body just works like a battery. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Which is not the same as being alive. No. And I and don't understand why they don't. See, here's the other thing. They went way too deep into the science. Yeah. Because that's not what the book was about. No. I mean, yeah, the book was about, like, I don't know, sometimes you hit things with electricity and they move again. That was well, the yeah, science like, in the book. Right, because the book was like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do this just because we can, and what does it mean to be morally responsible for a thing like this? Yes, and the idea of what does it mean for a man to be able to create life without a woman, like, versus a woman, you know? Yes. But... They hate which some gender politics, which were immediately dropped in this film. Absolutely, but <laughs> they were. It was written by what now? No, that's that's not interesting. Yeah. Um, but they also don't get into the question of do we want this thing to be alive? That's nope. super gross and's been dead forever. Nope. 
That's never a question. For this guy, life is an absolute good. Even if your body is like rotting off your bones. Yeah, exactly. He'd be a big fan of zombies. Yes. So they're going to show this thing at the medical college the next day, and Igor invites Lorelai for some reason. He saw the monkey, and he still wanted to bring his girlfriend? I know. Maybe remember your initial reaction, and then think about that. You know what makes girls hot? Gross, dead monkeys. Yes. That have been sewed together. Yeah. Nailed it. So at the medical college presentation, everyone except for Finnegan, the presenter, and Lorelai leave once the animal is uncovered and throwing the switch just makes a bunch of flies come out of the body. Oh yeah. That Everyone's was gross. like, no, this is gross, we're leaving. <laughs> so only But Lorelai- you can barely even get like five people in the room. Anymore. Oh I know, exactly. because uh, guess what? Everyone knows he's nuts. Yeah. So only Lorelai and Finnegan see it fully come to life and then go on a subsequent rampage. It goes bonkers. Igor and Victor catch it, and then they have to smash it up and kill it. What did you think was going to happen? Chimps at the best of times <laughs> are not super stable behavior-wise. Yeah. Next time, try with a golden retriever. Right? What's wrong with you? Anyway, Victor is psyched that the experiment works. Igor is more concerned that it was homicidal and they had to kill it. Eye on the prize for Igor. Seriously. That's the biggest thing. But this guy Finnegan is very interested in this technology and wants to financially support Victor in his creation of a man. And don't worry, we know that he is super creepy looking. Oh my god. Really pale and pasty and definitely a villain. Uh, 100%. But when he starts talking to Victor like, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was like, wait, are you going to try to make out with him? (laughs) He was really close to him. And he was just being so weird. I was like, what is this for you? That's funny. Igor's like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And Victor's like, no, you were right. The animal was murderous. But now we can demonstrate the value of our work with a man. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's not how scientific testing goes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, like, really doing, like, science right, it doesn't start with, uh, it failed on a chimp, but now let's do it on a man. <laughs> now, that's how you move on to human testing. Yeah. So Victor emotionally blackmails Igor into going along with it by saying that he forgot how Victor rescued him and that his ignorance can't stand in the way of progress. Turpin shows up at the house with his assistant and questions Victor about the incident at the college because he suspects there is more to it than what Finnegan says. Here's my thing. If only Finnegan and Lorelai and uh, Igor and Victor were there, who called it in and made it a thing that the inspector even knew about? It was probably the janitor. Uh, yeah, I And guess- I would have walked in there and been like, I don't know what happened, but I'm calling the police. So... Finnegan has enough money that he could have just paid to have everything fixed, and he could have just told people, like, hey, sorry, there was an experiment that went wrong, and so we'll... Why would the inspector have ever heard about this? Yeah. Anyway, Turpin recognizes Igor at the house, but doesn't seem that interested in that. And he... Gosh. Okay, so Turpin uses the phrase, by God, I'll get a warrant, and it sets Victor off. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this colloquialism is too much for him to handle. He looks at him and he's like, I mean, he's trying to play it cool in front of this guy and not get arrested for horrible crimes against God and humanity. And he's like, oh, by God, by God, you say? Uh, By science, this is a house of rational thought, my good man. And just goes nuts. And also, is that how British people pronounce theologian? Theologian? That was nuts! I've never heard it pronounced that way. I know, I hope. But I also don't know if I've heard a British person say it before. I know. But it sounded wrong. It sounded like James McAvoy didn't understand how the word was said. I hope that's the case. And the director was like, I don't know, is that how the British say it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. So now they're in a battle of philosophies, and it trips up Victor into saying the words, my creation, and Turpin just looks at him and, like, kind of smiles, and he's like, I'll be back with the warrant. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Was there a law against mad science, then? Um, Because I don't really understand what he's going to arrest him for. I think that you could have gotten some kind of, at least, reprimand for sewing together dead bodies and trying to create life. (laughs) <laughs> reprimand from the church, perhaps. I, I think so. I mean, you could. I'm like, I don't oh, know, like no, indecent we don't care for this. moral whatever. 
Well, for human body, obviously you could you could get it, but I don't know about animal bodies. I think you could have just gone with like public morals. Oh, that's true. They had like the indecency stuff. Yeah, I think it would have just been indecency. So we don't know what this is, but we know we don't like it. We don't like it. (laughs) That is why we have this catch-all law. Yeah. So Igor and Lorelai are talking about this and you know creating a man and she says that she looked into the animal's eyes and there was nothing there that could have just been because it was a chimp though i mean how long did you have to look into its eyes yeah not very long it was trying to eat you i mean i'm not on the side of mad science here but i don't think that's a good reason to not do it (laughs) well she's saying that victor is wrong to do this but igor says no, he can't be wrong because he rescued me. <laughs> oh, Igor. Uh, and she's like, look, I don't ever want you to be bullied again. And if you have concerns about this and you're really friends, then you need to say something. So Igor's gearing up to do so outside of the house. He's about to walk in the door. And then a very fancy Charles Dance walks up and they walk in together. It's Victor's father. So now I guess we're supposed to feel bad for him because everybody knows if Charles Dance is your father, <laughs> you have not had a great life. He came to tell his son what a disappointment he is. The board at school is going to expel him, and you should have been more like your brother, Henry. Oh my gosh. This didn't make me like Victor anymore. No, it didn't. But it, And here's the thing. It felt so freaking lazy. We're supposed to care about this guy because he had a hard life now? It has nothing to do with the stuff that he's doing, and it doesn't really add that much to his motivation. You can't convince me, also, that this person wouldn't have been a crazy scientist anyway. That's the thing. It's not enough about his motivation, because otherwise he would have said that up front instead of keeping it this weird secret. Well, and just, he's too weird of a, like, he's too much of a weird, intense person. Yeah, exactly. With absolutely no sense of, like, empathy for other people. Yeah. So you couldn't convince me that he wasn't going to do something weird and crazy no matter what. Maybe it wouldn't have been this specific thing. Maybe his tragic backstory led him to do this specific thing. But he's shown such a remarkable lack of empathy for anyone throughout this entire movie that I don't believe that he would have ever turned out to be like a great guy. Yeah, that's the that I guess that is the other thing that you feel. You're like this is just him. This mm-hmm. his, this story didn't make him this way. Yeah. Cuz he only saved Igor because he needed him. He didn't mm-hmm. even make an effort to save the trapeze artist. Oh, I know, he wasn't even going to try. We'll later see the way he treated the original Igor that was I very know. troubling. Exactly. So he's not a good person. No, he's not. Later that night, Victor's sad because his dad is mad at him and everyone hates him. And he's going to give up. But then Igor starts to work on the man project with him to cheer him up or something. Igor, you had a way out of this. Igor is easily swayed by his own emotions. Yeah, and he's like, well, gotta make him see that everything's okay. So anyway, they need to make the man a lot larger than a normal man because the chimp couldn't sustain the energy or take the charge or something. I don't know how this is supposed to help, but they need two sets of lungs and two hearts because they can't make organs any larger than they are. Well, how are you going to find a body big enough then? Also, how are you going to attach them to everything? How are you going to get the hearts to realize that there's another heart in there that's also beating? That's the thing. Are you going to attach one side of the body to one heart and the other side to the other heart? Like, how does this work? This doesn't make any sense. I think the hearts were right next to each other. Because the thing is, they're just going to cycle blood twice. They're not going to work on different blood. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that works if you're creating a cyborg, because you're creating them from scratch. Yeah, but you can't just stick another heart into a body and be like, that's good. And now it's beating twice as well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, this part of the script is like a child wrote it. Anyway, back to Turpin, who is staring at a photo of a dead woman. I mean... You assume she is dead. And clutching his cross and chain. He was not given a warrant. There's no evidence of criminal activity. But he is going nuts over it, and he clearly is not going to take that for an answer. Again, still the person I sympathize with most in this movie. I know, he's The only person fighting on the side of right. He's right. These people are literally creating murderous monsters. You can tell how bad it's going to go. Yeah. And he's trying to stop them, and no one will listen to him. Okay, he's crazy. I don't really care. And even if the monster isn't murderous, this is a completely irresponsible thing to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So, Victor 
is talking about how he's going to name the monster Prometheus, which implies <laughs> he does not actually know the legend of Prometheus. So again, Frankenstein's subhead is a modern Prometheus. Which is clearly a reference to Dr. Frankenstein, yes, not the monster. Because Prometheus is the one that stole fire from the gods, thus giving humans knowledge that they didn't have before exactly. that was considered forbidden. In this metaphor, the monster is the fire. <laughs> Which is why in the book, they call him the new Adam. Yes. Igor is going to a ball with Lorelai. Which is not great beard behavior on Lorelai's part. I couldn't believe this. I was like, you're being paid very well by someone to be his public mistress. Yeah. I don't think you get to go around flirting and sleeping with guys at balls. Well, that's exactly what she does, <laughs> my friend. Igor comes home and is in a very good mood. <laughs> then finds the cops trying to break the door down. He sneaks in another way, and Victor won't leave his machines to the cops. He's like, we need to leave. And he's like, what? And leave them my machines? I was like, what do you think they're going to use them or something? You're destroying them like you don't want another company to get this tech. Like, nobody wants your machines. <laughs> yeah. Except for Finnegan, and he already knows where you live. Finally, as they're escaping and going through all this stuff, we find out what happened to Igor. The real Igor is dead and frozen. He overdosed. But not before he took his eyes. Yep. He overdosed months ago, and the eyes that we first saw were his. And Igor is, of course, the new Igor is, of course, <laughs> properly horrified. But don't worry, it does very little to dissuade him from helping him. Yeah, it doesn't affect anything. This information does not affect anything. It affects very little later on. But you can tell then it's only because we need this to happen in the story for, like, just the story beats. Yeah. Turpin followed Igor in and has them at gunpoint. Turpin and Victor fight, and Victor sticks Turpin's hand into cogs in a machine, and then Igor and Victor escape. They run to Finnegan, who will relocate them to a castle in Scotland to finish the work. Igor refuses to go with Victor. It's a bridge too far. He's not going to do it. And Victor is so aggrieved by this betrayal. <laughs> And I think that if you uh, are really trying to win someone over, maybe stop referring to them as your creation. <laughs> you when clearly... literally all you did was unlock a cage for him and drain an abscess. I know. He wants a lot of awards for treating this person with the minimum that he should have been getting his whole life. Minimum yeah. medical care and not locking him in a cage. Congrats. <laughs> Yeah. You're a humanitarian now? Especially since he's been helping you a lot. Yeah. Right? But Finnegan both doesn't care and obviously hasn't been talking to Victor about what it was Igor did for him because once Victor's gone, Finnegan bundles up Igor into a sack and throws him in the river because he thinks he's useless. He's like, whatever. I want this technology. My family wants to own this big new tech, but I've already got Victor. I don't need you. And I don't want you spreading around what you know. Yeah, exactly. So back at the station, Turpin is now being fired from the force for not having a warrant and for alleging what sounds like a crazy conspiracy, even though it's true. Igor survives the river and goes to Lorelai to recover. When he wakes up, he's holding Victor's pocket watch that has the name Henry Frankenstein inside. And now we have a flashback that explains, but does not excuse, a weird, <laughs> weirdly cut-off scene from earlier. They're, they're sitting around after dinner, and Victor's looking at his, his pocket watch, and Igor says, Is that precious to you? Immediately change scenes. Now we see <laughs> that in that scene, Victor explains that... He actually doesn't explain anything. He tells a story about when he was a kid, he and his brother, although he doesn't mention that it's his brother or his brother by name, but he and his brother Henry snuck out of Victor's room at night and went outside and got caught in a blizzard, and Victor survived and Henry didn't. But he's still trying to keep it this weird secret so it could be this reveal later, which doesn't work at all. It doesn't... None of this works. I think there's... I think it's... You know, maybe, like, oh, well, he wouldn't make himself vulnerable by telling this backstory, but, like, it's just not... The problem is it really doesn't explain anything, and yeah. I understand carrying around all this guilt or whatever, but the reasoning he gives for why this is motivating him actually doesn't super make a lot of sense. 
No, he says he keeps this watch to remind him that God sent us into this world, who he doesn't believe in, (laughs) weak, fragile, and destined to die, and he keeps this watch as a reminder that that is not good enough. So Igor feels sorry for him again and tells, as he's remembering this, and tells Lorelai that Victor needs him and he's gonna go save him. He says, I'm the man he made me. So he's buying into this whole creation thing too. And Lorelai says, Igor's always been this wonderful person, but she's not going to let him go alone. Oh my gosh. Again, please don't act like you were some kind, benevolent angel to him at the circus. I know. That you knew the whole time. I mean, obviously he was the same nice person he's always been because you can't be that nice after being horribly abused without being just a generally nice person. Yeah, exactly. But come on. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, they get to the castle right outside the castle in Scotland, and they see Finnegan's men, so Lorelai gets out to distract them while Igor sneaks into the castle. Lorelai goes back to the carriage, but now Turpin has caught up with them. And he, again, like, they're really trying to play up his zealotry. He but says, he's been right about literally everything. He's been everything, right about everything. So. He's like, that man is in allegiance with Satan and must be stopped. And I'm like, okay, maybe not in allegiance with Satan. Must be stopped? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. So Igor gets into the castle and Victor is so thrilled to see him because he's mercurial and unstable. (laughs) Much like Sherlock Holmes. Yep. And Victor doesn't care that Finnegan will probably kill him once he succeeds because nothing but his success matters. Igor tries to convince him not to do this by bringing up his brother. He's like, I know about your brother and this thing, but it doesn't matter. And Dude, Victor is nuts. Why are you even trying? You can't possibly think this is going to work. Because Igor is a naive fool. Yeah, that, that is true. So he's saying, you know, I get it. You want to stop people from having to endure what you had to go through. And he's, Victor's like, no, it's because I killed my brother, kind of. And now I have to replace his life. Buddy. You already have a way of doing that. Get married and get on with it. I know. That's (laughs) the thing. You're acting like we don't have ways to create life. It's very easy. It happens by accident all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, he's, he won't hear it on with the show. There's a huge lightning storm going on and they raise the monster up to the sky and Victor nuzzles it way too much. (laughs) I think that would be any. Yeah, it correct. But then it was like five seconds. There are hot air balloons that take the lighting lightning in, which is crazy because they wouldn't have had any material that wasn't just straight metal that could have taken lightning and not been destroyed. But that's the classic way of showing it. That is true. I didn't mind that necessarily because that's the way it's always shown. Yeah, and I get it, but again, they went into the science too much, and they made everything game for dissecting like this. Yeah, you made it try try to be too real. Yeah. But the experiment works, and the monster starts to move, but then there's too much lightning, I guess? And there's a bunch of explosions, as if the monster has stored the electric charge, and everything it touches, all the stones that it's swinging against, are, like exploding it's i'm not sure what is happening but finnegan and company are dead having fallen from their observation perch in all the explosions and turpin has gotten into the castle and he and victor yell at each other a lot equally crazy but one of them is right turpin pulls out his gun and points it at the gigantic monster now standing up and walking around. And Victor goes over to it and is shocked to find out it's a soulless monster and is instantly remorseful. He's like, oh, come to me. He just has to, like, glance at it. I know, he just looks at it. He's like, no, this isn't life. Oh, no, what have I done? This was probably the closest thing to the whole... In the whole movie to the book. To the book, yeah. Instant remorse. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, I don't want to deal no, with this. No, Except he doesn't like try and kill it in the book. He's like, oh, I can't yeah, deal exactly. with this. I'm leaving. Yeah. So Turpin shoots it in the arm, and then it gets mad, and Hulk smashes everything. The monster kills Turpin, and then Victor and Igor fight the monster to the death. And there's a really stupid moment where they remember it has two hearts and they have to stab both of them. Why? If it needed two hearts because it wouldn't have survived with just one, why do you have to stab both hearts? That's the thing. It's not a Klingon that has a bunch of backup organs. (laughs) Yeah. You needed all of these, allegedly. 
but they do manage to kill it. So the next morning when the rain has stopped, Victor is gone, Igor wakes up, and Lorelai has come to the castle. Lorelai gives, which makes me wonder, where was Lorelai this whole night? Because, she was, like, was she in the carriage? This doesn't make any sense. Was I assume Igor, she was just, like, drinking tea. I guess In so. the sitting room. Yeah. They'll be down any second now. Yeah, and it seems like Igor just now woke up like he passed out or something, which is not super safe. So Victor's out roughing it by a stream, and he's like, Oh, I'm leaving. Three's a crowd. But I may call on you again someday. But for now, your life is your own. You are and will remain my greatest creation. And now he's just, now it's like a weird adventure thing where he's on the lamb. Yeah, and like possible sequel setup. Nice yes. try. Like anyone would ever watch this sequel. So again, arguably the most interesting thing, and this is why it's really not based on the book as much as it's based on the 1930s Frankenstein movie. Yes. Because the in the book, the most interesting stuff really happens after the monster is created. It's told from the monster's perspective. Yeah. And even in the 1930s one, they show more of like the actual monster, and the monster is more of a sympathetic character. And this, it was like, no, the monster's a soulless evil, so everything we worked to to try and get to this point isn't okay. Yeah, exactly. Frankenstein doesn't really learn his lesson. He learns zero lessons, <laughs> because he's just looking at sketches of hearts by the river, and he wants to try again. I don't know why anyone thought this movie would work. It's just a monstrosity. It's oh, terrible. Get it? No. No? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's stripped all of the interesting stuff out of any version of Frankenstein and just kind of tried to remake it as like a modern action thriller, I guess. Mm hmm. And it's amazing that you could have, you know, some really good actors and just nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because they did fine in the parts. It was just yeah. the, the script itself was so atrocious. And just, it relied so much on tropes that it lost any any coherence. Yeah, here's the other reason that the whole I have to replace my brother's life thing doesn't work. A lot of other people died because you tried this. Yeah. So, I suppose he thinks in the grand scheme of things. But also, he's never going to be able to bring his brother back to life. So the idea of just replacing his brother's life with another life would be much better done through fathering a child. Yes. And he looks at life as this absolute good. And I get that this is part of him being this, you know, this is uppity, all there is. Well, I was going to say part of this uppity, like nobody matters except for smart people and scientists yeah, and yeah. stuff. But when his roommate dies, he doesn't seem to care at all. Yeah. I know his roommate died through an opium overdose or whatever it was. Yeah. The problem is when we saw his roommate dead on ice, I was like, are we sure his roommate died from that opium overdose? Like, <laughs> no, right? Oh, it also, was... Also, he just looked like Edward Scissorhands in the ice. He looked... <laughs> it was... Oh, my gosh. So, I think that this movie did abominably box office-wise. It did, yes. So, this movie cost $40 million to make. Its box office was $34 million. <laughs> Oh, no. So that's a tough, tough sell. So next up, we are going to continue with Resident Evil, with Resident Evil 3, which is Resident Evil Extinction. And this is where I really enjoy the series the oh, most. Yeah. We start getting into, like, post-apocalypse rather than, like, current apocalypse. Yes. It's, uh, it just gets crazier. Oh, yeah. I love it. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.